Food. I've got some at home. Will you come with me? Who's there? My friends. Please come. Why? What is it you want from me? I want you to look after us. <laughs> so welcome to episode 39 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining me on the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Carlin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So episode 39, the screenplay was done by Carrie Rose. It was directed by Lawrence Wilson. And the episode synopsis will be read out by Sabine. Betsy has come face to face with the mysterious adult wandering about and convinces him to come back to the mall in hopes that he'll restore order and hope to the group. However, back at the mall, Lex has organized a trial in an effort to expel Bray, and Trudy finds herself once again worried about Celine's bulimia. Okay, so the episode continues from the dramatic cliffhanger where Patsy encounters the adult from Jack's surveillance. Through some very clever camera shots, the full features of the adult is obscured, but the intent of the scene shows Patsy's hopes for the adult and their future. So. A few quick questions, panel. What do you think of Patsy's intention to bring the adult home with them to look after more rats? Um, and did you spot that it was Glenn when you first saw the scene? I don't think I instantly spotted it. I was just very hung up on Patsy's hopes and dreams that this person might come and save them. Didn't think they were very realistic, but I understood why she wanted someone to come and save them. I don't remember if I knew it was Glenn immediately um, because again at this point we'd only seen him twice but I knew like right away it wasn't an adult I was like this is clearly a kid in makeup uh, but yeah I'm, I'm with Sabine I mean I didn't think it was weird that Patsy was like come home and take care of us because I'd want that too if I was a kid yeah and she had seen her um, the older teenagers around her has, have just started making a mess of things so Makes sense that she's looking for someone even older to come fix it. Yeah, when I first watched it, um, I thought it was an adult. Or, you know, the show does uh, goofy things now and again. So I thought, oh, it looks like a kid, but I'm sure it's an, an adult. They, they just cast it as a kid doing it. But I had no idea it was a, it was a Glenn. It is interesting how Glenn is, like, at first he doesn't know why this little girl wants him. And then he puts two and two together that she thinks I'm a grown-up because I look old. And I wonder, you know, what's going through his head at that moment. Like, should he tell her that he's sick and that he shouldn't be anywhere near her because he could make her sick? But, you know, decides to just go with it anyway. Like, wow, <laughs> you condemn this little girl. Yeah, but on the other hand, from his point of view, she's most likely the first person to be nice to him since he got the virus. I mean, everyone has been afraid. Oh, I'm not saying I don't understand why Glenn did it. It's still pretty dark. <laughs> you know, you have a little girl, you know you're sick, you know you're likely dying. And, you you know, you're a pariah, you've been treated like a leper, you're in hiding so that you can't, you won't be attacked. And here comes an innocent child who thinks you're a grown-up. And you know this is contagious and that you could give it to her. So, like, I get it. She's being nice to him and that feels great. But, dude, you're condemning this child to get sick. And I'm like, that's dark. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you're condemning her friends. She's bringing you back to her home. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he can still salvage this and be like, no, it's probably not a good idea. You know, but instead he's like, yeah, I'll take your hand and go back to your house where I'll get all of you sick and condemn you all to death. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't even want her to help the the other one because he maybe he. I don't know why. I. It's possible maybe he thought Patsy might put two and two together that that's a kid as well. But it says a lot about Glenn. <laughs> it's a good thing Patsy wasn't with them at the gathering. Otherwise, I would have thought of malicious intent. But he has no clue what tribes he's with. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that he's willing to condemn any tribe to what he has. Mm. 
I'm not saying that he went with Patsy because he knew, hey, Lex is there. I can get back at him. No, it's just the fact that, think about it. If you had leprosy or something really deadly you could give to somebody, you're making the choice to be around people who do not know that whatever you have, they could catch and it could kill them. That's messed up. That's all I'm saying. It's really messed up. It is, but he's also a teenager. Logically selfish, and he's probably ha hasn't had any food in ages. I agree. He's selfish. It's still messed up. <laughs> yeah, that, that is messed up. But is the virus contagious? I feel like certain episodes we see that, oh, it could possibly be. But then other episodes, like, oh, I wait, I don't, I don't think it is. As far as these kids know, it's absolutely contagious. Yeah. As far as these kids know, they don't know this is a different um, strain than what killed all the adults. But if you live through the virus, you know with 100% certainty it was contagious. And then if you manage to catch it, you know, a year later, and then you're seeing it spreading, that's contagion. That, I mean, that's the first place your brain is going to go, that this is contagious. We also do know it is contagious. It's just the efficacy rate of this contagion is not as strong as the original strand. Mm -hmm. well, and, well, we did see with the original strain that... Uh, it affected all the adults, and now it's affecting the older teenagers. So, I'm not sure if he thinks he's that dangerous to Patsy, per se, because he's so much younger. No, I can't give that, yeah. I can't give it to him, yeah. I'm sorry. I cannot give him a pass on this. I know why he's doing it. I still think it's just really messed up that he's willing to do this. It is, I'm just trying to <laughs> find some way, some tiny little sliver of redemption for him, but nope. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, because um, Liz brought it up. Can we talk about how dark was that stoning scene of the Marco <laughs> stoning the adult? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Whoa. I was shocked. <laughs> I don't think I have words. That was just really. What's been going on in the street? <laughs> like, holy crap. <laughs> Um, again, once again, they're not pulling any punches with how civilizations have reacted to disease. <laughs> I don't want to say it makes sense that they respond that way, but you don't want to go near them, you don't want to touch them, but you want them gone. Yeah, when I watched it, I was kind of thinking that, are they reacting this way because, oh, this person has the virus, so we should kill them right now? Or maybe just their uh, reaction towards adults, because they don't want to go back to the, uh, I guess, you know. I think it's more the being scared of the virus. Yeah. I mean, you keep the person that's infected as far away from you as possible because if you can keep them at a distance, there's a smaller chance of you getting the same thing and dying. Well, if that's the case, then maybe throughout the city it was general knowledge that the virus makes you a lot older. Like, it rapids your age. Well, yeah, that was, yeah. Because I'm sure there has to be, like, half of the people in the city that had the same reaction Patsy had. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was, it was definitely general knowledge that it aged you. Yeah, it, it just wasn't known in the mall because people don't go outside for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can completely see a tribe like the Locos not only wanting to keep the virus away from them, but be willing to hunt down virus victims. Mm. Mm. Just the psyche, the fear, the panic, the irrational response to this thing coming back, this thing that destroyed your whole world. And seeing it back, yeah, I, I, don't, I think you would pretty much lose your mind at that point. Yeah, it's, it's like torches and pitchforks. Yeah. We'll get rid of them. Logic just goes out the window now. Because before, at least you were, you were a child, you were safe from it. That was mm -hmm. the given. That was the one given you had about the original virus. And I doubt many kids ever thought it would come back, you know? And here it was, and now it's come for you. <laughs> I... I it's just, I completely understand the insanity that the city just devolves into. <laughs> yeah. um, kill the carrier, eradicate the disease, if you're lucky. Or at least from their point of view. It opens up a lot of questions as well, like, was, is this what the locos were doing in the beginning of the virus? Um, just a lot of what ifs. That's a very interesting idea. I always wondered how, like, when the virus first came and you start seeing the breakdown of disorder and you have kids like Martin who just suddenly realize that the adults can't control them anymore because their time is ending and the 
the lines in the sand these kids would slowly walk over realizing they can do whatever they want that lord of the flies mentality coming to life for them and yeah i do wonder about the first time a gang of kids may have attacked an adult who is trying to control how they behaved you know trying to still assert that there's adult authority and those kids realizing there's nothing you can do to stop us like i, I wonder like about those tipping points that would have happened like when you think of lex and ryan um how they were sent to you know like almost like a military camp to keep these kids in order while the virus is raging the world i wonder about those boys in that camp with those abusive leaders when i'm sure as they slowly started to get sick started dropping like flies when those boys might have overtaken that camp realizing you have no power over us anymore that first stone thrown at an adult because you realize you can't do anything i'm going to test the waters you know and realizing they can't do anything you know um I do think about that sometimes. Because yeah, there's bound to have been moments like that. I mean, we see this later during the flashback episode when Martin first stands up against his teacher with his transformation into Zoot. Even if those teachers didn't instantly die of the virus, I wonder what became of them when the kids took control. Yeah, when did they stop going to stop, just give up on trying to go to school and teach anybody? Mm-hmm. You know. When did you just give up as an adult? Like if you were in a position of a certain, maybe you were a police officer or you worked in a hospital or maybe you worked with children. When did you give up and try to just like save yourself, you know? Are you mad? If anyone finds out you're trying to influence her, you're finished. Yeah, well, what about her trust in people? What happens when she's allowed to believe that I'd hold the water? Now is not the time. You're in enough trouble as it is without trying to make it worse for yourself. If people here are dumb enough to believe Lex, I don't want to stay anyway. Now you're just being childish. Am I? Well, maybe I should go now then. Oh, stop this. Just calm down and stop talking about leaving. Why? That'd be such a bad thing. It would. For me. Okay, um, I've been putting it off, but... Let's move to the mall. <laughs> Bray's trial. Okay, so Bray finds it difficult to stay out of things and he ends up in an altercation with Casey where the younger Morat brands witness intimidation and he is later caught by Amber trying to um, convince Chloe of his innocence. Um, first question, do you think Bray's his own worst enemy in trying to convince everyone that he's innocent? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, even if he's not guilty, he's great at making himself seem guilty. Honestly, is I know. <laughs> okay, calm down, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. The episode can't hurt you anymore. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's crazy as Ray is acting <laughs> I do agree he's his own worst enemy especially when Ray is like been known to keep his cool so well mm-hmm. um, I, I kind of get it even though I feel he's being a little out of character for the character he's been set up to be because um, they've amped up his aggression in the last few episodes I, I kind of get it because this whole trial is so mind numbingly stupid he must must feel like he's taking crazy pills (laughs) like what is wrong with everybody (laughs) I I get why he tries to persuade Bowie into thinking straight but going against KC is just so pointless I told you from the start the way he's treated KC has never made sense to me I mean this is all still before he knows KC's done anything to him at worst all he knows is that Oh, Lex likes Casey. Casey likes Lex, and it's like doing holding this kid up against the grill, Ray. <laughs> it's not looking good, but he comes up to your waist, man. Come on. Ah, but that's is Lex. <laughs> it was cold, I mean. I mean, yeah, you mentioned like where, where did this aggression come from? Like, he's Ray's pretty calm and collective for the most part. Like, this was really. I still think there's more history between those two than they've ever let us know. Yeah, maybe they came across each other during one of Bray's hunts for food or something. It does feel that way, isn't it? (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I don't really, I don't like the writing in the last few episodes, and especially these last two, and I really don't like the characterization of almost anybody. Um, mm. I don't know if they were going for drama, they were trying to amp the tension, because, uh, yeah, Bray, he's pretty out of character, and you'll mention later that Lex has been amped up big time. I, I just don't, I don't understand the way these people were written, so they could have this happen, but, um... I don't care for it. Casey's just as annoying as he always is. No, I'm not saying that all of them are. I'm just saying I just don't really care for the characterizations of mm. most people in these last few episodes. And yeah, so I mean, Bray acting like this is just a part of the quagmire of bad writing, in my opinion. And yeah, what did you think about Casey laying it really, on, really thick um, against Bray? I think he feels almighty and protected by Lex. Yeah, I don't know. Casey's actions as annoying as they are do make sense remember bray started the antagonism between them mm-hmm. you know K- casey didn't start it bray was just not nice to him from the moment casey came into the mall and then there was lex who was like hey he ever messes with you i got your back and then he proved it so mm-hmm. casey feels brave enough to finally show bray how he feels about him like you've been a jerk to me since i got here and now I don't have to hide from you or be scared of you because Lex will protect me, you know? But it's not just like, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, okay, I'm, I don't need to be scared of you. And like, he's willing to frame him, get him out of the tribe. Yeah, he's been, think about it. This guy's been a jerk to him. And here's Lex probably feeding him with even more information. Oh yeah, Bray's just a total dick. Nobody likes him, kid. And, you know, and then saying he'll probably, you know, they'll, they'll probably throw you out. And, of course, Bray's actions kind of like, yeah, he does act like that. And, you know, so when Lex is like, hey, we need to get rid of him. And then you won't have to worry about him anymore. And Casey's like, that sounds like a great idea. What can I do to help you do that? And, oh, yeah, just do this, kid. Don't worry. I got your back. (laughs) Yeah, plus he wants wants to be on Lex's good side. Lex is his hero. So he'll do anything Lex suggests, no matter how stupid it is. Yeah, I agree. I think this episode really makes sense in terms of uh, Casey's personality. When it comes to making Lex proud, Casey will do anything. And we see it in this episode, and we're going to see it throughout the remaining of the series. I think this is where I have a little problem with it. I don't think they've built up the hero complex enough between Casey and Lex. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a... I can see how he admires him, but the kind of the massive hero complex, like, yeah, I don't quite buy it. It all happens very quickly. I mean, they don't cl- click until the day after the wedding yeah. and when they're, you know, cooking, you know. Um, but at the same time, I guess attachments can happen pretty quickly, especially in a world like this. In case he's been alone and nobody in the tribe has really let him in. And um, even when the girls play with them, there's still sometimes a sense of rejection from them. Mm-hmm. So when Lex accepts him right after Sasha's gone, he latched onto that. He latched onto it really hard. Finally, he was somebody who was like, hey, kid, you know, you can be part of my little clique. And yeah, I mean, it happens quick, but I, I do get it mm-hmm. considering how Casey's been treated since he've, he's come to the mall. Lex is like the older brother he has been looking for. The figure to guide him. And yeah, for me, that's what Lex is to KC. Like the big brother he looks up to and who he wants to be like. Mm. When when my family, we first moved uh, to Dover. I'm sorry. We moved from one town to another. Anyway, we completely started over. We knew nobody there. We left friends, family, our entire support system behind. And there's my mom, single mom, with all these kids. And we move into this neighborhood and nobody would talk to us. There was nobody who was like, hi, I'm your neighbor, blah, blah, blah. And my mother felt very isolated and scared there. The first person to talk to us after we'd been there for months was this woman named Cheryl. And Cheryl was very nice to my mother. And Cheryl was like, she ran the neighborhood. Everybody knew who Cheryl was. And so my mother was so grateful to Cheryl, you know, telling her the what's and the when's and this is how you do this and, you know, opportunities for her kids and blah, blah, blah. She really loved Cheryl. 
but eventually you had we found out that cheryl was like hated by everyone she was the lex of the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) oh she was a terrible gossip she let her kids torture other people's kids and you know i started learning this as a kid because people would be like your mom talks to cheryl and they would tell me about her and so i tried to tell my mom that cheryl's not really a nice person but as far as my mother was concerned cheryl had been the only person who'd accepted us didn't treat us different so she didn't care what anyone had to say about Mm -hmm. Cheryl because she was like look Cheryl has always been good to me and she's always been good to your kids so that's all that freaking matters so I kind of get that from Casey and Lex you know and yeah uh, speaking of Lex um yeah what did you feel feel about his um ramping up his bad guy aspect in recent episodes um as he issues physical violence against Jack and threatens to shut him up um yeah what did you feel about that I want to hit him with something on his head Sorry. I kind of wonder, um, that's how Lex started. Very f- aggressive, not a, you know, team player. And then they realized, you know, and that's part of his whole arc in the beginning, like getting someone like that to work in a team. And it's the whole point of that is showing how smart Amber is, how clever she is getting all these people to work together. And so you finally got Lex, you had to pull him back and nerf him a little bit so they can work as a group and stuff. And then it's almost like someone was like, you know, Lex hasn't, he hasn't felt like he's in character. We need to remind people who he is. (laughs) And so, yeah, it just comes out full throttle and you have to ask yourself why, because things had been running quite smoothly with him working with everybody. So you're like, why are you trying to destroy this thing that seems to be working pretty well? Um... I can't relate to it, um, so I don't really know why Lex's brain would be like, "This is everything's going smoothly, let me wreck it by trying to take over again. Or maybe he just never forgot that that's what he wanted to do and he was waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah, it, it, it's what I don't understand because we know how badly he went last time he tried to be sole leader. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Right, what does he think is going to happen this time? This time? <laughs> I think he thinks he's going to get rid of the competition and then everyone's going to do as he wants them to because they're afraid to get kicked out as well. That's true. He might have been able to rationalize in his head that the last time didn't work out because he had both Amber and Bray there. You know, and if they're not there, who else are these kids going to turn to? You know, but he couldn't get rid of Bray before. He was too useful you know, <laughs> and because think about it, things were going okay for him when Bray wasn't willing to cooperate with the group because mm-hmm. Bray still kind of looked bad. But once Bray started working with the group and everything was working well, it's like, great, I have to wait to, if I could just get rid of those two, then I can, I can take over. I can do this. And I guess I can, I can talk dog. <laughs> Yeah. It means he can't admit that he was bad. It was he was not good as a leader. No, he doesn't see it as a fault of his own. Yeah, they just wouldn't do it. They they just wouldn't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's all because Bray and a pesky little Amber, you know, especially about Bray. So they both out of the equation, and Lex thinks he can rule. Isn't Lex still technically uh, the leader? There's three. Then they have that episode. Where they're like, okay, Lex, yeah, you're you're voted as the leader. But then Lex is like, this is too much work. Amber, you just do all the stuff and I'll still be leader. Well, basically, they all all three became leaders. But it was like the three uh, parts of government. (laughs) Like, they all had their own area that they had to take care of. Right, right, right. So Amber's admin, Lex was security. And then, you know, Bray was food and water. Sorry, the moment you say admin... With Amber, my brain goes to her quote with a, I'm admin, not marriage guidance. <laughs> um, a, a quick bit of what if, like, just to say, for example, he got rid of both Amber and Bray, like, what do you think would have happened to the Borats? <laughs> they would have been terrified of him. Yeah, um, I think they slowly would have went their own way. Oh, yeah. Tyson would have bailed. Uh, yeah, um, I, I definitely see that's would have happened there would have been a disbandment of people saying you know what i'm not staying here i'm not staying here with him i'm not putting up with this and it's 
if you were someone and you saw one of the most level-headed people leaving your group, you'd be like, you know what, I'm going with you. I'm not staying here. There's no point in me being here. Lex wouldn't find himself with much of a tribe. And it wouldn't be surprised if he was right back to the same number of people he's been in charge with when we first met him. Didn't really have much of a group, just a bunch of yes people. He probably would have uh, ended up without Ryan, I think. Yeah. It's possible. We just instead of Ryan. Yeah, I think uh, I think Dale would have left with Amber. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Celine would have gone and she would have asked the girls to go with her. And then Ryan would have just followed her. And then I think Jack would have stayed because that's just his home. But he would resent Lex and and uh, Zandra like every every second. <laughs> oh, Jack. Poor, poor Jack. He would have done so much better with the Technos. There also would have been a disbandment um, because... There's no way this would have stayed a secret that Bray was set up. You know, somebody was going to say something and the rest of the group would find out that Bray had been hounded out um, unfairly. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that would have caused a huge breakup as well. Mm -hmm. If Amber left, the kids would have left. And if Trudy would have left, Dale definitely would have left. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh no, he's forgotten way about that. (laughs) 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 <laughs> he's forgotten he ever liked Trudy Ah, <laughs> uh, but that's the way she is with guys They forget about her Jack Do you think Bray was really holding the water? You tell me You found it But suppose someone put it there Do you think they could have done? How? How should I know? Because if they did Then Bray would get thrown out for something he didn't do Then there'd be nobody to stand up to Lex Amber could have without Bray's help. I'm a bit busy, actually, Chloe. But if someone did put the water there, who do you think it would be? Chloe! I can't concentrate with you in here. Sorry. Just go. Okay, so um, knowing that a lot hinges on her testimony at the trial, Chloe goes to Jack for advice, asking him if he thinks somebody could have planted the water in Bray's room. Perceptive as ever, she understands the effect Bray's banishment will have on the tribe and wants to make sure that he isn't punished for something that he didn't do. Um, why does it seem that Chloe is the tribe's only voice of reason? (laughs) (laughs) Holding on to my sanity by a thread. Uh, Little kids are so much more perceptive than older kids and adults are. It's it's more than that, isn't it? It's like, everyone's been written (laughs) to be complete idiots i don't Mm -hmm. understand why they're even there why is chloe the only one who's thinking sensibly about this you know i mean and not to mention this really bugs me you don't have any perceptive thoughts from someone like tyson who's already been set up as somebody who would not take any of this lying down who would be very opinionated about this whole thing you know um or dal who's supposed to be reasonable and level-headed I understand Team Lex. They're supposed to behave like Bray's guilty because they have a lot riding on this. But all these other people, and none of them have actually expressed a belief that Bray has done this. And they're witnessing Lex's behavior and none of them think it's suspicious. (laughs) None of them are like, you know, if Bray was, if someone was going to set up Bray, gee, I wonder who it might be. I don't understand why Chloe is literally the only person thinking sensibly about any of this. I don't even know if there is anyone in the mall who legit thinks Bray did this. And that's why they're having the trial. I Chloe is the only one where hormones aren't an issue in the whole matter. <laughs> I'm not going to rationalize this right, bad writing. I refused to try <laughs> to defend it. It's horrible writing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it hurts my soul. But she has always been the perceptive one. <laughs> She's either clueless or perceptive. Yeah, sometimes both. But she was clueless during the uh, the Danny trial too. <laughs> um, if you were in the same situation, would you agree with Bray's sentiment that if people are willing to believe something so outrageous, then you might as well just leave? Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if they're such big idiots that they don't want to believe in what's right in front of their faces, then, well, they're no use to me. 
Yeah, there's no way I would stay. That's why, even though Bray's behavior is ridiculous, I get it. Because I would feel like him. I'd feel like I was losing my mind. And I'd be like, how can any of you believe that I would do this? Based on so little evidence. And it's completely circumstantial anyway. Um, and I, I straight up told you I didn't. But you think, if you really believe I'm a liar, and you're ignoring all the evidence that I didn't do this, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> Not staying here with you people. I hate you. Yeah. Yeah, he won't even stay for the sake of his niece. I'm like, um, if I were Trudy, I'd be like, take me with you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why Trudy would want to stay. Um. <laughs> why would any of you want to stay here? You know, when you know, you know what he's doing. That whole trial. I don't know why that wasn't a huge clue to everyone to be like, okay, this must be a farce. This is ridiculous. Look at the way they are all acting. Bray didn't do this. You know what I mean? But they're all acting like, we've got to figure out what's going on. We've got to get to the bottom of <laughs> Bray, just go. Leave these idiots. Right, right. And don't don't the Marats give people like a second chance if it's like their first uh, defense or offense? Yeah, but it's not. Apparently so, but not when it comes to Bray. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Bray's second chance was when he was allowed back into the mall with Trudy after he stole food from them. Touche, true. That's very true. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, I felt like that would have been a pass, though. <laughs> it would be different if I if they actually showed that these kids really believed that Bray was capable of this and that he really did it. Like, maybe if the evidence had been stronger, you know, or something, where it's just, just yeah. there's no explanation for it, but... The evidence they have, and the fact that none of them have actually expressed believing that Bray has done it, makes all of this a waste of our time. I think the episode would have been better if the roles would have switched. If, you know, if Bray just hates Casey so much, he wants to get rid of Lex, and he plants the water in Lex's room. And literally everyone would totally believe that. That would have been far more fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> because even though, like, Watching season one, I really, really didn't like Lex. But I'm like, well, he's he's innocent. Can't just get rid of him just because he's a he's an a hole. Yeah, that would be more fascinating because everyone would have a reason to believe that Lex would do this. You know, it'd be a lot harder for him to prove his innocence because of his mm -hmm. past behavior. But with Bray, again, it makes no sense that he would do this. Nobody seems to believe he would do this. Um, and half of the people know he didn't do it. This is why are you doing this to us, writers? I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of the writers, um, we need to talk about the incredibly silly scene, silly scene that happens with Celine and Ryan. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so Ryan snaps at Celine when she tries to get to her him um and feeling responsible ryan goes off in pursuit and catches up with her as she is en route to ryan's place uh, and during the scene <laughs> she bites ryan on the arm and he falls and <laughs> and begins to bleed and I, i've I, i've given up the will to live um could that scene <laughs> she must have been hungry. Oh, Lance, the pain in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is one of the reasons why I love the tribe. Like, in all in the same episode, you can have something as serious as seeing someone getting stoned to death, <laughs> and then a few minutes later, <laughs> you'll see something as goofy as this. <laughs> I, I just don't know how to figure out why her biting him made him fall so hard that he cracked his head open on a rock. Uh, I still think he just, he didn't see it coming. He wasn't expecting it. And just, yeah. <laughs> he is clumsy. We know he is. He fell like an inch onto a wooden Wow. But he smashed his head. The front of his head. <laughs> He's got my balance skills, that's how. It's the only explanation I have. He has my crappy balance skills. That that scene doesn't physics, okay? <laughs> oh, that's up perfectly, yeah. It doesn't physics. 
Um, okay, trying to get some serious. Um, yeah, what do you think about Celine um, running back to Iran? Did that, that surprise anyone at all? I, mm, I don't know how I feel about that entirely. Like, I get that she's upset about Ryan, and I guess that triggers her to want to go binge because she feels she's done something to upset him and his esteem obviously means a lot to her and she's been very codependent on his support believing that we're taking care of each other and that makes her feel good and so the minute he closes her off and doesn't give her a reason she it's like the floor fell from underneath her i guess She's like a junkie running back to her dealer. Yeah, you know, I she needs this fix. I don't get it, but I've never really been addicted to anything. And I don't know what it's like when you have to find other coping mechanisms to deal with your addiction and what happens when those coping mechanisms are ripped from you very suddenly. But we've already discussed that Celine doesn't think more than two feet in front of her face. And so the fact that she would do something so dramatic and drastic just because Ryan's having a bad day. Hmm. I guess it's in character for her. Yeah, it is. I don't want to judge her too harshly because, again, I've never been in that situation. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I was kind of hoping that she would go back to Ryan because she's such an interesting character. I would like to see her again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, of all the really bad writing, at least it was logical way of getting her and Ryan out of the mall. So they don't have to take part in this piece of crap trial they're making us through. Yeah, I, I see no problem in her relapsing and instantly thinking, okay, where can I get my fix? Well, Rowan will help me if I give her what she wants. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. She knows now what she would have to give up to do this. Yeah. And she's that far gone that she doesn't care. Right now, she doesn't care. She just needs her fix. Consequences be damned. I do think it's sad, though. Like, away, you know, taking away the goofiness of the scene and everything. I just, I do think it's sad just how much she needs Ryan to the point where, again, all he is is having kind of a bad day where he doesn't want to talk to her about something that's bothering him. And that is enough to send her spiraling. You know, it, that's so sad. Like, she doesn't have anything to hold herself up to even get her through a day to give him some time to want to talk to her. Like, that's all she needed. That was it. He's just like, I can't talk to you about this right now. Even when he reassures her that she didn't do anything wrong, but he doesn't want to talk about what's bothering him, she still just plummets without that. It's, it's kind of a red flag for the relationship as it stands. <laughs> That this is not a healthy reliance that they have on each other, even now. But I, I just felt bad because I will say this is even when I dealt with self-esteem issues, I always had a sense of confidence, you know, like in myself. I might have been felt sad if like my friends weren't talking to me or but I still could stand on my own two feet. I never felt like that. And I, it just makes me sad for Celine that she does not have that. She just doesn't have the self-esteem for that. I mean, in her eyes, she's worthless, and she needs Brian's validation to feel like she's actually worth living, worth um, giving food to. Yeah, it's pretty heartbreaking that anyone feels that terrible. Unfortunately, it's the reality of the world. Yeah. I did like, and again, I didn't, I hadn't liked Ryan being suckered back into you know, Lex and Zondra's manipulations. So I did like that quick wake-up call he gets when he realizes that Celine was upset and now she's missing. And that takes priority over everything for him. Mm -hmm. You quite sure? Of course nobody saw anything. That's how he fixed it. That's a lie. Stop it, Bray. Where's the proof? That's his point. Look, you're being caught. Please, can we have some order here? Order! No, I'm glad Bray said what he said, because it shows us something. Ever since he got here, he's been trying to convince everyone that he's Mr. Nice Guy. But just then, just then when he tried to accuse me of framing him, you saw the real Bray for a moment. You. Sit. Down. 
Okay, <laughs> returning to the mall, the trial begins, and even though nobody really believes that Bray is a thief, Lex manages to twist everything to his advantage, and Bray's temper continues to paint him in a bad light, handing Lex his victory. Um, yeah, what do you think overall about the tribe's justice system? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> if this is their justice system, it's a mess. It doesn't even make logical sense what's happening here. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Remember, like, Lex is the first person to accuse Bray of stealing water. Remember how this started? Chloe found water that apparently shouldn't have been in Bray's room. And she presents it to everybody. And when everybody asked Bray, is this your water? He says, no. And the only person who fights that is Lex. No, Lex is the only one who says Bray needs to leave. We need to kick him out. He stole water at this point it should still be he said she said because bray is saying i didn't and nobody else in the tribe is believing he did it i don't know why there's a trial i don't understand why any of this is happening yeah because at least when jack was in trial it made more sense because it was obvious to everyone that trial was whether or not jack should be punished for hoarding oh. food that he clearly oh. was hoarding yeah. you know that's more this serious this is basically Bray's accuser demanding that he get a trial, demanding he get kicked out, yeah. and nobody else wants that to happen. And then Amber's like, we'll have a trial to sort it out. And it's like, why? Just take a vote if you think he's guilty. Mm. I, I mean, this could have all been solved if she just said, okay, who thinks Bray is guilty of this? And then if you have a bunch of hands, be like, okay, Bray, this many people in the tribe think you're guilty of this. Would you like a trial to suss this out? You know what I mean? But I don't know why we're doing this. This is this isn't justice. This is madness. <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone else notice that while they're doing this, at some point we have Lex standing there with the bottles of water just drinking them? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're drinking the evidence of Lex. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> I don't I I seriously and you know it's crazy. The one person who makes me the angriest during all of this is Tyson, even though she says nothing. I don't understand how the woman who's been this girl who's been presented to us as wise and all knowing and in touch with the ether and auras, I don't know how she's watching any of this and going, I just don't know. I just <laughs> go back to your room and meditate. I don't understand why you're here. I mean, at least her crystal ball should have shown her that Ray doesn't have stealing in his aura. She already knows what Lex is like, and yet she's looking at him like, I think he's making good points. Like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Dal, Dal, are you really conflicted right now? Really? Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and for some reason, we can never have a trial or whatever with the whole tribe present. What is it with that? There's never a moment where they're all there. Well, at least the tribe is consistent in terms of how bad their trials are <laughs> okay after much agonizing jack eventually plucks up the courage to confess what he knows about the water stash to the rest of the tribe before he can do so however casey claims that he was the one who planted the water and that he acted alone uh, a few questions but first of all what do you think these decisions say about the characters of both jack and casey um do you think it shows growth or is it just self-preservation at play here uh, for Jack, it shows some growth, I think, because he can't live with himself if he lets Bray get kicked out, if he lets Bray leave. I don't think it's just about not wanting to be left alone with Lex, though that probably plays a part in it, but no, I do think Jack feels it's wrong to let Bray take the fall. With Jack, I do agree. It does show some growth, um, especially since Jack has let his fear dictate almost everything he does since mm -hmm. we met him and uh, I also agree that while there may be some self-preservation in there just not wanting Lex to be the one who's running everything I think it has a lot more to do with guilt especially since he's known all along that Lex was the one to steal their water from the very start and he never said anything about it and so yeah I, I do think he's just a realization that this is wrong and nothing good is going to come out of this he's just going to chase off all of us one by one we actually have something here and i i you know i'd be letting it be destroyed this is so i, I give him props to you know 
getting the gumption up to face whatever Lex might do to him. Uh, or maybe this is a way of getting rid of Lex. You know, this person who's constantly threatening him. Like, you know what? I want you gone. And if I tell them what you did, they'll kick you out instead. I don't have to ever be afraid of you again. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, this definitely showed a lot of growth for Jack. I just wish I could say the same for the rest of the characters. <laughs> As for KC, it, for me, it made sense that he did what he did. Because he doesn't want Lex to be thrown under, under the bus. Because he knows that if they point out Lex did it, Lex will be out. But he has he still has a chance. Lex can protect him. Yeah, and I don't know if they would have immediately kicked out Lex. That was my next question, yeah. Well what what do you think would have happened if this got to if this managed to play out? If Bray got his way and KC was voted out, what do you think Lex would have stepped in then? Or do you think he would not have said anything? He would have kept his mouth shut and tried to help KC on the outside, I think. At least to a certain level. I think he would have said something. I think as as an a-hole Lex is, when things do get serious and it's time for him to speak up, he definitely does. He probably would have brought up the fact that they didn't kick Celine out and, well, Casey is just a scared little kid. Considering how bad the writing has been these last episodes, I cannot predict how stupid <laughs> this would have gone if it had been allowed to play out. Um... <laughs> Sorry, they've all been so dumb as it is that, yeah, they may do something really stupid and start questioning. Okay, like, first of all, if it had been played out and Jack was able to just freaking say that Lex did it instead of dramatically pausing and I, okay, calm down, calm down, focus. Um, <laughs> uh, if he'd been able to just say, Lex did this, I know he's been hoarding the water because I helped him hoard it from the moment we all moved in together, would they immediately kick Lex out. If they were smart, they would. The smart thing would be to kick him out because literally one of your leaders who's in charge of your security has just proven that they are willing to throw anybody under the bus in their own tribe. He has failed at his one mm -hmm. job and that is to protect his tribe. The smart thing would be for them to all say, you need to leave because this is different. This isn't stealing. This is betraying your actual mm -hmm. tribe. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing to stop you from doing it again. But considering how bad the writing is, I don't know if that's what would have happened. Now, KC jumping in <laughs> again, um, if this has been allowed to play out, I think there's a chance that, you know, someone might have voted against throwing KC out because he's a child and they might have seen his actions as simply foolish uh, hero worship. I think Amber would have explained it that way. You know, but I agree that like Bray is right. If you say, okay, let's vote whether or not Casey gets thrown out. And I'm sure there are people who would have voted for it because mm -hmm. they'd be like, you caused all this trouble and you knew the whole time that Bray was innocent and we were too stupid to recognize that. Um, <laughs> I'm just pissed we didn't get to see it play out. So, <laughs> screw you, Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and who knows maybe uh maybe amber would have saw right then and there that hey you know what? we haven't been nice to, to casey maybe that's why he, he found lex as such of a mentor does it bother anyone that um there's never a follow-on from this and that casey doesn't well anything happens because of this yes mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> We deserved some conclusion to the BS that you put us through. <laughs> well, it bo it bothered me until um, until the tribe circus was uh, uh, yeah. shown on the show. Because then, at that moment, where uh, uh, when Casey does a certain thing, mm -hmm. it was like, okay, all is forgiven. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I'm. I'm still mad that we didn't get to see the consequences for him. I'm not mad that KC wasn't punished for this, okay? Because, again, I feel like KC was taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm mad that Lex doesn't see the consequences of this. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm mad about. Like, I'm not mad that they didn't deal with KC and that the real world intruded, so it really didn't matter anymore. I'm mad that Lex was able to walk away from this. In the same way that 
Celine was able to walk away from leaving Trudy to die, or she never had to look Zondra in the face and said, I stole your grandmother's necklace. You know what I mean? Like it bothers me on that level that by the time Lex comes clean about this, it doesn't really freaking matter anymore. So (laughs) that bothers me. Like, Oh, I know the point of this. I know the reason this happens. It's that once again, these kids get caught up in stuff that really doesn't matter until the real world swoops in and then it takes precedent. I get it. I just hate that we had to do it <laughs> so much. <laughs> so much. Uh, I feel like we could have gotten to the whole virus storyline without any of this. Yeah, it was really unneeded. <laughs> I'm like, were you guys just killing time? You know, we could have just spent more time with the virus than doing any of this. It just felt like it was drama for drama's sake. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to our final thoughts of the episode, um, where the trial is interrupted by the return of Patsy and the adult. And we it's finally revealed that it is actually Glenn to a shocked Lex. Um, yeah, what were your thoughts about that final scene? I was surprised to see Lex rush over him so over to him so quickly. I suppose he wasn't sure what to make of him because, like, yeah, this adult, so-called adult, standing in front of him. Yeah, but I mean, keep in mind, the last time Lex saw Glenn, he got beat up. Oh, he didn't. He didn't know it was him straight away until he. Yeah. Got for some reason. He didn't even recognize his voice, even though it was not even changed in the slightest. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he walked right up to him like that. I feel like Lex would have been more cautious. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's well-written Lex. So, um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't, I don't know why he doesn't recognize Glenn when it's so obviously Glenn. Um, sounds like Glenn. It looks like Glenn. Quacks like Glenn. <laughs> I can understand maybe his brain just doesn't. It goes into denial because Glenn shouldn't look like this. And these guys are completely unaware of the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be it. But yeah, I agree. It's weird that he walks right up to this, what could be a threat. And just like, who are you? You know, it just, I don't know. Just as dumb as the rest of the episode. I'm just, my final thought is, yay, this is over. (laughs) Get back to stuff that matters in real character growth or something. (laughs) Yeah, when I watched it, I didn't realize it was Glenn because I didn't pay, you know, any attention to Glenn uh, throughout the beginning of the series. But when I saw him, I was like, I didn't really think of him as a threat. Because if he was a threat, I'm sure something would have already happened to Patsy. I feel like Patsy's a pretty good judge of character. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, you, I'll let you keep that. Oh, you sweet summer Giles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was an awesome, awesome cliffhanger. Another classic uh, tribe cliffhanger. Put up so many questions for me about the virus. Would you guys have preferred if it wasn't Glenn? If it was another um, ordinary child that had been turned to an adult? Um, I think maybe if it hadn't been Glenn, I wouldn't have. I, maybe I would have believed that it's possible they just cast a young actor to play an adult. Mm-hmm. So I think I might have been more like, is this an adult? So because I recognize Glenn, it took the mystery out of it for me. Mm-hmm. But as a writer, I am glad they used Glenn. It was a good use of bringing this character back into our lives. And it adds more depth to what happens to him. Um, because otherwise, he just would have been some stranger that we never met who dies of this. Where is we know this kid. We know where he started. You know, and... Um, mm-hmm. So I think it has more poignancy that it's Glenn, even if it ruined the surprise for me because I recognized him. But I mean, Carlin, he didn't recognize him. So he still got that sense of like, what is this? What's this mystery? So Right, right. I also, now that I'm thinking about it, I think this would have been so much better if it was Roran. <laughs> Man, she would have had to get sick fast. <laughs> right, right. But, but then it would have been like, not many people know who she is so obviously a lot of people wouldn't consider her as a threat but it would have been awesome to see how ryan and celine oh, yeah. would totally uh, react to her being there <laughs> but if you are going to pick a character that one of our mall rats actually has some major history with glenn was the best one to pick yeah 
Because yeah. I'm all had to have met plenty of people out in the world who I've had some kind of interaction with. But Glenn and Lex, they go way back to literally the pilot episode, you know, and we watch Lex screw Glenn over. And then we recently saw Glenn get his revenge. This is the third act of this relationship. So he probably was the best person to bring back with the virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can agree with that. I'm trying to think of like other. Oh, I suppose Sasha be coming back with the virus. No, that would have been fun. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the tribe fans would have loved that scene. That would have been so depressing. <laughs> We're going to end his happy life. Like, jeez, you guys. (laughs) Can you imagine? Poor Amber. That is horrible. Rip her heart out of her chest more than once. Jeez. Can you imagine the look on Bray's face if that would have been Sasha? He would have been smiled. He would have smiled so big. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I think he would have seen the danger. Um, Mm -hmm. I've seen Amber. So heartbroken, that would have, I think, killed him as well. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because he did <laughs> learn his lesson that seeing her in pain actually doesn't feel all that good, does it? You know? Yeah. Now, I, I agree. I It could have been interesting to see other characters, but I, for my bet, I would have gone with Glenn as well. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the only other character that you could probably have used where there's some sort of history was maybe Ebony, and you weren't going to waste her on something like this. Nope. She's too good for that. That would have been a waste. Yeah, I guess there's not many uh, characters that they could have they could have gone with. Disposable people. Yeah, because it's got to be someone that they've interacted with more than once for it to have any real poignancy, and there really isn't anybody. Oh, you know, it would have been really good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so forget that Patsy went out and and found this person, right? Forget Patsy. Let it be, oh, well, I guess it wouldn't make sense if it was KC. But let's just say it was KC, right? And he found this older man. And he brought him back to the tribe, right? And then, plot twist, it was Paul. That would have been cool. Oh my gosh, why do you keep thinking such horrific endings for this child? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Because it would have explained why he left. Because he yes. saw himself developing into, you know, what the virus was. He totally would have been dead by now, though. <laughs> well, Well, maybe. We don't know how this virus affects the young this is their first time seeing this, how it affects it. Oh no, did we just spark another Paul fanfiction? Oh, oh my god, please. Because <laughs> Lex getting the virus, it totally took, well, to me, it, it seemed like it took a lot longer than maybe what it should have been. Well, someone asked for a new manga recently, so there's your story, people. I agree, Carlin. I think that could have worked. It's sad. It's tragic as it's horrible but it would have been interesting if you know someone had gone out and found this old i mean he'd still be small you know the Mm -hmm. virus may age you but it doesn't make you grow and it turned out to be paul oh my no paul patsy i don't like you right now but oh that's horrific no no that would have been great for patsy well, I think that would have been great for Patsy and Chloe because for what, like four seasons, they've been acting the the exact same age, which is really bad. I think that would have forced her to to grow up and just ruined, destroyed her forever. <laughs> I mean, that would have made the next episode so more painful, though. You're <laughs> Oh my gosh, I mean, at least we can pretend. We can pretend that Paul got a happy ending. Carla's like, no, he got the virus. (laughs) In my mind, Paul somehow came across Sasha and they rode off into the sunset happily ever after. (laughs) I mean, it could have worked. I mean, if we're talking about poignancy and this person mattering to the Mallrats, Paul would have worked. I will give you that. But yes. oh my gosh, that is horrible. And then Lex would have like had actual sympathy for that. And it would have been karmic, like if he'd come back with the virus and gave it to Lex. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that would have been so good. Yeah, apparently, Lex is the reason he ran away. Like here you go, you're sick all over you, buddy. 
<laughs> but you know, it could have worked in a weird way. Like even if Patsy had found him, like Patsy's out there, she thought she saw an old man. He's small, but she thought she found him, only to realize it's her brother and he's sick. You know, but she doesn't know why he's sick, so of course she brings him home, only to discover it's the oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What if, what if, like, no one knew it was Paul, too, but the only person that can, like, sniff it out was Bob? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Who's that? (laughs) She's going. Yeah, if anyone wants to write this one off fanfic, please do (laughs) send it our way. (laughs) We need to read it. The poetic death of little Paul from the virus. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, it would finally be an answer for all those people who wanted closure. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely one of the most memorable uh, episodes of the tribe for me. What comes after will is some of the best writing we're gonna get uh, in season one, and I really enjoy it because we're finally in the we're in the final third. And the writing gets sharper and more intentioned because they know where they're going with the story now. Um, and we're finally out of that meandering stage that we were stuck in. So I'm, I'm happy to be here and I'm looking forward to what's coming next. That brings episode 39 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And we'll see you next time on episode 40. Um, so until then, bye. 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 Bye.